This is episode 17 of Vet to Vet Coaching, and I'm your host, Dr. Ginger Timbleton. Today, we discuss thriving in the face of trauma. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive. And group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a Zoom call, you may submit a question, and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group, and that's where the unique second benefit comes in. By listening to others get coached through their problems, you are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day-to-day. So for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, drdrgingertempleton, that's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. Ginger at vetdevetcoaching.com. Don't delay. Spark is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members. I want to see you there. Happy August. Think about it. It's August. We have been dealing with COVID since March. And we have made it to August and the fall is coming and maybe the kids are not going to school and maybe the kids are going back to school. But we have made it this far. And think about how well you're doing. I know you're struggling, some of you. I know the days are getting long. I know that this new normal is tough. And we're going to talk about that today. But I want you to take a minute and just appreciate where you are today versus where you were on March 30th. Right? There's a big difference. Okay, so I was on vacation last week. I am recharged. We did a little mini trip up to the mountains of North Carolina. We did a couple of escape rooms while we were there. You guys, you have got to go do escape rooms. This is an addiction of my, well, it's not really an addiction, but I do love escape rooms. I have failed escape rooms. I have succeeded in escape rooms with my family. And I have to tell you, it doesn't matter if you win, you get out or you don't. They're just so fun. My kids are nerdy like I am. They are competitive. They like to solve a puzzle. They like to play a board game. They like to win an escape room. And we work really well as a team. My husband and I have very different personalities. Um, and so we kind of we kind of build on our own strengths in an escape room. And our kids, you know, they are, they're just really good at working as a team. And, you know, if somebody's getting stuck, they hand it over to somebody else. And I will say as a family, the more of these we do, the better we get at it. And, of course, that's how everything works, right? You know, you can't just do something and be great at it the first time. I wish somebody had told me that when I was 16. You know, I used to just think that everything should come easily. Um, So all of this to say, we did a couple of escape rooms last weekend, and then we came back to Raleigh, and 
you know, I thought about it and I thought an escape room is the perfect COVID activity. You're in a room with people that you've been socially distancing with, so you don't have to really worry about that. They're disinfecting the rooms. So we went and did another escape room today. And we won. We got out. It was so fun. It was Alien Escape at uh, NC Escape in, in Durham. Support these small businesses, please. You know, they are um, open. They are slower than they have been in the past. But I, I personally don't think there's a big reason for them to be slower. I think this is a great way for families and small groups that have been socially distancing together to get out of the house together and do an activity. All right, that's my pitch for escape rooms. So today's episode, episode 17, and our last in the lessons from leukemia series. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to be done with leukemia. I will talk to you if you want to know about any piece of our daughter's treatment. But I'm ready to move on to some other topics. I want to talk about money. I want to talk about personal growth. I really want to talk to you guys about burnout. I am creating a course this is a coaching course, so there will be a class component and then one-on-one -on -one coaching for the participants, and it is specifically around the topic of burnout for veterinarians. So there are a lot of things that are coming in the next few weeks and months in the podcast, so I'm ready to get past leukemia, but I think there is one more thing we need to talk about before we sum this up, and that is trauma resilience. What is COVID if not traumatic? I used to hate the word trauma. I still do a little bit. I cringe a little bit because I, I don't know if it's overused or if I'm just not sensitive enough to some people who I know who have dealt with trauma and maybe are a little bit stuck in it. But I will say this, trauma is very real in terms of how it impacts the brain, the brain's ability to learn, the brain's ability to grow. And some of us, experienced less or more trauma as children and that can have a tremendous impact on the brain and on development and it's really important I believe I have come to believe that we acknowledge the trauma in our lives if we can't acknowledge it when it's happening then at least as soon as we recognize it if we can acknowledge it while it's happening such as right now with COVID even better so some of you are going this isn't so bad. I'm fine. I shouldn't be upset. I could be sicker. I could be worse. It could be, it could always be worse. I've heard that so many times with COVID. Well, it could be worse. I could have a friend in the hospital. I could have a family member in the hospital. Yeah. I heard that with cancer too. It could be worse. Your daughter could have a solid tumor. Oh, sure. Leukemia is great. We have got to stop comparative suffering with each other and with ourselves. So, yes. COVID is traumatic. And it's collective trauma, right? Everybody's experiencing it. So some of us, those of us who are high achieving and strong, tough, we want to negate what we're experiencing. We want to diminish it and minimize it and move past it. You need to slow down. You need to recognize that this is hard. Now, I go to work every day, right? I get in my van, I put on my mask, I go see my patients. Or I go do relief work in a hospital. I'm exposed to people, a veterinary hospital. Not the same as a human hospital, but still, there is risk, there is exposure. I also have the luxury of being able to do my job and get paid and see people. Some of you guys are saying, well, I don't have it so bad. I can work from home. But you're lonely, you miss your office. You never thought you'd be saying that, but you do. 
we need to slow down. We need to acknowledge that this is hard, that this is traumatic, that this is stressful. When I finally said to myself when Lindsay was sick, this is really hard. It doesn't matter that she has a 50 percent chance of surviving while some kids down the hall have a 3% chance of surviving. It doesn't matter that she is verbal and we can talk through her feelings because at three, believe it or not, we were really able to talk to her and explain what was happening. And that felt like an advantage over some of the kids on the hall who were babies going through what we were going through. When I stopped negating the trauma that our family was facing and just said, yeah, this sucks. The better we all did. Now, there was another piece to that that's going to sound completely the opposite, which was that I also at the same time stopped arguing with reality. So what I was simultaneously doing during cancer, early, early cancer was this, I was saying, this can't be real. This can't be happening. This was never supposed to be. I was arguing with reality and I was simultaneously negating how bad it was. You're okay. It's not so bad. At least you have family. At least you have some support. At least you have a career when this is over. At least you have leukemia and not neuroblastoma. At least, at least, at least. One day, one of the oncologists came in. She was one we didn't see very often. She actually did more hematology. She was delightful. She spoke fluent Spanish and English. She talked really fast. She was very animated. I loved her. She said, oh, AML, it's the worst. She literally said that to us. Can you imagine saying that to a client? Oh, stage three renal failure, it's the worst. You never say that. But she said it. it was so honest. It was so authentic. And all of a sudden, it just broke things loose for me. And I felt light. I felt acknowledged. I felt validated. Oh, here is this oncologist who is seeing much, much, much worse than what we're going through, who is just throwing us a bone and saying, you know what, this really sucks, guys. And so when I simultaneously accepted the reality for us is cancer, the new norm for us is life in a hospital and that that sucks. Everything felt a little bit lighter and a little bit easier. But how do you do that? Well, you have to work on your mind. We've talked about this before in the podcast. You have to practice thinking what you want to think. So your brain has spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years practicing the same patterns of thinking, of feeling, of defaulting. So you're going to have to challenge that a little bit. With COVID, I want you to really notice this week, are you arguing with reality? I suspect many of you are past that stage. I suspect most of you have accepted that this is reality. But I also suspect some of you are still saying, but it was never supposed to be this way. It's not fair. You know, it's not fair, but that phrase, that sentence does not serve you. What is fair? And I'm not looking at you, expecting you to go around and think about how things are fair and unfair for everybody. That's comparative suffering. 
What I want you to do is simply say, yeah, this sucks. Here we are. I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it's bad. I accept it. I'm going to feel the feelings. I'm going to feel bad for a minute. I'm going to let myself metabolize the negativity. And then I'm ready to get to work. Now, I'm going to apologize in advance because you know what? I am asking you to kind of shake it up and move forward. And I know some of you are not there. Some of you are struggling. I talked to one of you this weekend. Life right now with COVID as the backdrop to everything When you have additional stressors in your life, a job change, a move, a fight with your mom, I don't care what, everything is going to be a little amplified. And that was true with cancer, and that is true with COVID. But your trauma resilience comes once you've acknowledged, once you've accepted, once you've been kind to yourself about the fact that COVID is making life harder, it's then starting to move forward if you're ready, if you're in that space. Now, if you're not there yet, you need to spend the time and do the work on your mind on all of the things that are creating the negative feelings and the negative thoughts. And that's a lot of journaling. And that's maybe working with a therapist, maybe working with a coach, depending on the severity and depending on the types of thoughts and feelings you're having. But if you're at the point where you can say, yeah, this sucks. Yes, I'm stir crazy. Yes, I'm frustrated. But I am also ready for a change. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready for something different. Then we're going to take some baby steps. Now, I do not intend to give you quite as many actionable tips or homework exercises as I do usually in the podcast, because I really want this topic to be about a feeling. I want it to be about that feeling of hope. I want it to be about that feeling of the future having potential despite a pandemic. When Lindsay was in the hospital, there was a period of time when I refused to be hopeful. I could have chosen hope. My brain was not capable at that time. I had not done the work on myself and the circumstances were too challenging. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, there were parents in the hospital who said, I know my child is gonna survive this. I refuse to say those words. My husband said, I know she's going to make it. And I would say, how can you possibly? 50-50. Did you not hear the doctor? 50-50. But guess what? Dwelling on the 50% chance of death didn't make me feel better. It didn't make me a better mom. It didn't allow me to dig deeply into the literature to find out if there may be some new treatment on the horizon. It Allow me to sit in a hospital room feeling really sorry for myself, feeling really sorry for my daughter, feeling (laughs) terminally unique. I heard Brene Brown say that phrase this week, and I thought that was fantastic. Terminally unique. Nobody has it as bad as me. Yeah, I was in trauma. Yes, I was suffering. Yes, my child was suffering. But my husband, he's not overly optimistic. He's not always glass half full, but he just knew. He just chose to be the person who looked at the positive 50%. And with COVID, I'm not expecting you to be sunshine and roses and rainbows. I'm not expecting you to fake it and tell everyone it could be worse. It could be worse. I don't have it so bad. What I am asking you to do is manage your thoughts. First, by acknowledging them. First, by being aware of them. How do you do that? 
Well, some of you are really, really, really self-aware. Some of you are not. All of you need to be writing your thoughts down in your journal. It's not rocket science. Or as my friend says, it's not rocket surgery. But what are the thoughts that you're having around COVID? Why are you stuck? And it may not be COVID for some of you. It may be working in a hospital where you're feeling burnout. It may be struggling with a family member who has different political views than you do right now. There are a lot of pieces to the puzzle right now that are stressful, that are challenging. But as you sit down with your journal, putting your thoughts on paper, fill a page, fill two pages, one sentence thoughts, start to notice what is your brain practicing. Then think about one or two of those thoughts and how they make you feel. What would you like for your brain to be practicing instead? For me, with COVID, I have spent a little bit too much time thinking about the mistakes made politically. The mistakes made by, and I use this term loosely, the leadership. And I get angry and I get bitter and I think about this could be this and that could be that if they had just done this. Arguing with reality. You know, nobody called me up and asked my views on public health policy. And thank God, the epidemiologists, the public health physicians, and PhDs, those guys, they don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers and you don't have all the answers. But the time wasted being bitter about the political pieces of this, for example, and that's just my personal example, it hasn't served me. So what do I do? Well, I will promise you in the last month, I have been in my journal, noticing those thoughts on paper, seeing them, taking them out of my head, putting them down on the ground, putting them down on paper, and then thinking, what do I want to think instead? Now, let me promise you, I don't want to think our leaders have made great decisions. It's not true in my mind, and it doesn't serve me to lie to myself. But what I do want to think is this. I live in a world with a pandemic. And as a mom, and as a veterinarian, and as a business owner, I'm making the best decisions that I can for the people in my world. And by making those best decisions, there is a ripple effect into my community, and hopefully far beyond. All right, so what does this have to do with COVID? What does this have to do with leukemia? Well, with leukemia, when I started to choose different thoughts, my child may survive. That was it in the beginning. It was that small. It was that small of a shift. She might survive. Then I started to feel that I could handle some of the trauma. I had more energy. I had more hope. It was a very, very tiny shift in language, but it was very powerful. Now, at that time, I did not have the skills around managing my mind that I have now. So, you know, there was a lot of white knuckling. There was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of resistance. There was a lot of, you know, hearing things people would say to try to make me feel better and fighting back against it. And all of that did not serve me. But when I made that little tiny shift, my daughter might survive. Then I started to think to the future. When we think about being resilient in the face of trauma, we need to think about the future. If the trauma is ongoing and you have the ability to recognize it, you still can relax your thoughts around it, soften your feelings around it, 
and look to the future. Being able to see the future, being able to see that a future exists that may be better or maybe worse, but that you can handle it, whatever it is, that is the secret sauce to trauma and to being resilient in the face of it. So what do I mean by that? When Lindsay was out of treatment, I needed to be able to look to the future. So each month I created a small event. Our budget was very tight in those days, didn't matter. I would create a very small event for the entire family that we would then look forward to. We would plan it together, it was on the calendar. It might be as simple as we're going to drive to Winston-Salem to go to a children's museum and a restaurant. It may be a little more complicated. It's going to be a beach trip. It might be something that we do at the house, but it was something that was very clear, very specific, that we could look forward to and feel hopeful about. I didn't have a lot of hope naturally. I needed to create it. I want you to do that now. If you are struggling, if you are in the depths of the trauma of COVID or career or something else that I can't even possibly imagine, if you have the ability to one, acknowledge it as trauma, two, be kind to yourself, admit that it's hard, admit that it sucks, but that you're not going to argue with the reality. It is what it is. And three, set some hope very, very, very near future hope, very short term. I think you'll be surprised at the impact. Now, some of you may be in trauma that I can't imagine. And there may be safety concerns, there may be suicidal thoughts. If those things are happening to you, I want you to call 911. I want you to call the National Suicide Hotline. I want you to reach out to your physician or your therapist or whomever is appropriate for your situation. Obviously, trauma comes in many forms, but the collective trauma that we are all feeling with COVID and the somewhat collective trauma that many of us are feeling in the veterinary industry of burnout and moral distress and compassion fatigue and empathy distress and all of that, this little formula can help you. It's not the only way forward. It's not a guarantee, but I want you to give it a try and see if you can come out on the other side of this trauma thriving stronger than before. If you had asked me in 2008, where was I going to be in 2020? I probably would have just burst into tears. I could not see this future. Today, I'm standing in the middle of a thunderstorm recording a podcast about hope and about resilience. And I'm doing it because I believe in it, because I know that this is real. I know that this can work in your life and change your reality and change your future. But I couldn't have seen this in 2008. Right now, some of you can't see 2021. You certainly can't see 2030. So, you set the tiny, small steps, you give yourself a break, you talk nicely to yourself, and we move forward together. I'll see you back here next week.
Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At Vet to Vet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or seek emergency care locally.